We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dean here. It's Dean 7904 if you want to get all technical. I mean, it's 520 on the dot on the East Coast, 220 on the West Coast, 420 Tennessee time, which of course we just time with a flagship show here at Rotor Grinders. It is called, it's called Grinders Live. It's sponsored by Fantasy Draft and joining me today is the uh, the, the traveling, the golf playing. Grant was complaining pre-show. I'm playing too much golf at Augusta. I'm sure the chat's going to have a lot of pity on you. Uh, Grant, are we still at Augusta? Where, where's our current location? Is it parts no, of I just, just got now. The, today I was over near Myrtle Beach for the last week um, golfing and now I drove past Augusta I'm like all right I have to figure out a way to break into Augusta so I've been I've been circling around the premises all day trying to find a weak point seeing if there's any trees I can climb <laughs> seeing if there's any security guard I can pay off I've got nothing so far I've got what is this is this Fortnite isn't that you're moving Fortnite try, climbing the trees you can't climb trees can you? no it was Fortnite I'd glider on in <laughs> yeah so, and you were you in charleston as well my old stomping grounds uh i was actually up north of it polly's island okay yeah so i was up in polly's island there's like five or six courses up there that we golfed every single day then ended up going to charleston um and then i'm going over to Atlanta tomorrow then i'll be exactly where you're sitting in a few days yeah which means what you're going to be on my lap or how's that going to work i mean it 
we can do that if you want. We can wear the same sweater and pretend to be Siamese twins. We could do that, like that Step Brothers bit, where like one guy, they're like job interview, and one guy just kind of pops out. <laughs> Excuse me, I think I can sell this Pan Pam situation here. <laughs> probably wouldn't work. That would probably end in disaster, I imagine. But uh, yeah, I think you're kicking me out of my. Well, I want to say my office, but I guess it's your office, and it's only my office when you're on here, apparently. Yeah, I'm just gonna be playing Mario Kart all day. You know, the Mario Kart is no longer like set up the well all that well because the office and the lights look precedent, unfortunately. So. Uh, yeah, I guess I suppose you can play the Mario Kart, but to, you play the drinking and driving version of that game? I mean, I love doing that, but I'm not going to do that alone. That would make me feel real bad about myself. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, sure. <laughs> Playing against the computer, drinking and driving. I don't know if the computer, is there, there's even a mode for that. The computer buys you know how to play along. But uh, we have a four-game slate tonight, Grant. It's a, uh, look, I always lie. Well, not lie, but the, unintentionally mislead. Uh, I say, hey, we're going to have time for chat, but we, we're going to have time for chat today, for sure. Promise. I, I guarantee it. Did you guarantee it? I mean, I don't know. We can talk about talk about breaking into Augusta for four hours and never actually get to any analysis here. We can talk about UCF being, uh, you know, they were almost national champs yesterday. It's unfortunate. I don't know if you watched that, that college basketball. Are you aware of that? Uh, I am aware of that. I have all my teams in the Sweet 16. Well, so does everybody else because there's no there's no upsets because UCF didn't win. Yeah, no, I, I this is the first year I've gone without any upsets and it just worked out perfectly. Yeah, um, but uh, I'm still you know I'm not a college basketball fan, but that was that was rough. That was a rough game, and uh, I thought I thought and it was weird because the country was rooting for us because you know everybody for some weird reason people are angry at UCF for claiming the national title and football like we're just having fun, people, and it's called marketing. <laughs> relax but uh everybody hates duke right does everybody want duke to lose essentially so we had i mean yeah pretty much i mean everyone wants an upset of the number one seed and unless you haven't gone to the final and you've got a bracket with money on it then but who cares then because everyone has duke winning yeah and i wanted to i wanted to taunt andy means of course andy uh he, he played for duke uh lifetime shooting percentage i believe the tournament 100 percent uh for don't ignore sample size but i believe he's 100 percent as far as the shot percentage in the the NCAA tournament, Andy, of course, uh, will be on on crunch time, which comes on after us, bottom of the hour. Take you guys all up the lock with Roth as well. Answer as many questions as possible. Uh, if anything goofy happens as far as body parts, they break it down and tell you where to pivot. But, uh, Grant, as of right now, the body parts are not particularly appealing. We'll get those in a second. Did also want to mention DFS accounting. Uh, if you're a procrastinator like I am, uh, you probably, in theory, you probably should have knocked out your taxes. And I actually, mine's in my mailbox right now from, from my guy, in theory. Uh, I haven't. I, how often do you check your mailbox as a single guy? Because I check my mailbox like once every 10 days. Is that too much or, or not enough? I haven't checked my mailbox in four months. I'm not ever sure I changed over my <laughs> mailing address. So it's pretty much I logged on to DFS sites and I'm like, all right, send my 1099 here. Yeah. That's it. That's all I need. And then they all send me through email. I'm like, oh, that was pointless. And then, you know, I know I'm paperless for most of my stuff anyway. It's, and it's just every 10 days I get like a new Bed Bath & Beyond coupon or something. But besides oh, you that, you want to keep those. They, I think you can compound them. <laughs> can you can you bust out like who was the last person to go to Bed Bath and Beyond and not have a coupon? Like that guy is the worst. <clears throat> um, all right, we should. Well, oh, DFS accounting. I was going to mention. Yeah, if you are a procrastinator, Grant, and you are a former accountant, there you go. You, you should be all over. This. You, you should be on top of it uh, for your DFS accounting needs. Go ahead, and uh, Devin's going to go ahead and drop a link in the chat for you guys. But if you have any DFS accounting needs, questions, and yada yada yada, DFS accounting will help you out with that. 
Um, body parts, ready for them? As far as who's in and who's out, it's pretty sad. Yeah, I can take about five seconds off. Yeah, it's not going to take off much because, uh, again, things may change. But as of right now, I got Alan Crabb out with a knee. Uh, I got Tyler Johnson's got a knee, so he's not going to give it a go. Josh Jackson's out as well with his ankle. Uh, Noah's got a knee, so he's doubtful. And then Mike Connolly is questionable with his thigh, and that's body parts. That's it. Uh, it's a four-game slate tonight, and it's kind of weird. It's kind of goofy because we got one game at 7 o'clock, one at 8 o'clock, one at 9 o'clock, and one at 10 o'clock. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, obviously for sites that lock early, as a, like, you know, a FanDuel, fast draft, you know, you just kind of got to lock in there. But I think there is some value potentially in backloading, uh, just kind of figuring out. And as far as the games, we'll talk about a game by game in a second, Grant, but like no game really jumps off the page. It's like this is the game you have to have, right? Yeah, I mean, there's value that you want to have. There's good payups if you want. I mean, but the thing is, yeah, there's a lot of good – there's so many good plays on the slate. I mean, all depending on mostly the Mike Conley notes. But there's so many different ways that you can go with this. To, but there is some very, very clear chalk, especially if Conley gets ruled out. And there's very, very clear chalk that everyone's going to be on. It's just that simple. All right, let's break it down game by game. Uh, of course, if you guys are watching us on the, on the YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe. Jump on over here to Rotogrinders as well. We're going to do our best to answer your questions there. We're going to answer the questions that are going down in the Rotogrinders chat as well. Uh, maybe we'll answer some, some questions as we're going along, and we'll answer some questions at the end of the show as well, too, because, again, I do not suspect it's going to take us that long to knock out these four games. But, you know, I've, I've done that before, and I've been a liar. Well, not unintentional liar. Philadelphia, Orlando, 219 is the total. Orlando is a two-point dog here. Orlando in a, in a dog fight here as far as hitting the eighth spot in the, in the Eastern Conference. By all indication, they want it. They're one game behind Miami. Um, you know, uh, I, I think the rotations are pretty condensed. Uh, as far as, you know, the overall picture of the slate, again, it depends on your shop and as far as what site you're on. We'll talk about, you know, two of the biggest names are, are Embiid and Bukovic. But uh, when you consider dollar for dollar, we live in the world of a salary cap grant. They're not my favorite centers. I like them. They're perfectly fine for tournaments, but for me, they're pivots. Uh, is that kind of where you're at too? Like how much are you prioritizing Buchan and B? Because they're great. I just, I'm finding myself delegating funds elsewhere for the most part. Yeah. I mean, from a point per dollar perspective, they're not the top, they're not in the top two, probably not in the top three, not in the top four, uh, just based on point per dollar basis. But it's a four-game slate. People are going to be, uh, depending on if you get the Conley news before or after lock, it might be a good idea to end up playing these guys just because if we don't have Conley news, then you can go different ways and you can try and figure it out. And some people may not be spending up a whole lot of money on these uh, first or this first game if they don't have Conley news by then because they want to be able to work stuff around over on DraftKings. Um, so, like, from that perspective, it's a good play. But the perspective of 60% of the lineups are going to have both Boos or not Boos, Valanciunas and Nurk in it. It makes sense to play Boos and Embiid at much lower ownership than you're probably ever going to get him. Either one of these guys can end, or either one of the two chalk centers can end up in some serious foul trouble at any given time here. So point per dollar doesn't make sense to play him, but from game theory and from just playing the percentages, they could uh, play out as fantastic plays. This game should stay close here. Um, currently was the line, the line's down to one now. It started off at three mm -hmm. and like all the numbers kind of point towards Orlando being closer to pick them than um, Philly being a favorite. So like this game could very easily go into overtime playing both these centers, which is something no one's going to do because they'd rather pay, play those other two centers, get some value and then pay it for Westbrook or Lillard here. Like it's a great idea to game stack this up. 
I think Orlando wins this game. And like, you know, at this point in time of year, like matchup's not the most important thing for me. It's motivation. And they're motivated uh, more than anybody else in the slate, basically. Uh, one game behind Miami as far as getting that eight spot. Philadelphia is in the three spot right now in the East. And, you know, they're three games uh, behind Toronto as far as grabbing the two spot, as far as moving up. They're three games in front of Indiana. So they're pretty well entrenched in the three spot for what it's worth. Uh, Vukovic, you know, we've seen some blowouts there. So the minutes are kind of wonky. But in a game against Memphis that it went overtime, he played 41 minutes. So he played 36 minutes of regulation. Not the greatest matchup in the world against Embiid. There's a threat of some, uh, you know, I guess an enhanced threat of foul trouble to some degree. But uh, Vuk is just a, a monster, obviously. And if he plays 35, 36 minutes, I'm okay with him in tournaments again. I guess you're, you're telling me I'm not the only one that's going to roster, you know, Valanciunas and, uh, uh, and Nurkic that, that I can't have those guys to myself as a pairing. It's going to be everybody else too? I mean, I might be the only one to not do it. Um, <laughs> For that reason. But realistically, I'm going to do it in everyone because I'm also playing over on Fantasy Draft. And I can play all the centers I possibly want, right? Up to five. At a certain point, they cut you off. But five seems like a, that, that seems like a good amount on a four-game slate. Yeah. No, I mean, and I, I kind of went through and uh, messed around with some lineups here. And, I mean, there are five centers that you can realistically play here. Uh, but, yeah, these guys are both heavily on the board from a game theory aspect. Outside of them, over on the Orlando side, I mean – no one stands out as one of the top plays on the slate, but when you incorporate Vincent, wait, don't, don't tell me that's true. What? We have breaking news? I don't know. Let me double According check. to the chat, Ben Simmons is out, and that's more than one person, so I imagine this is true. I don't know. I've, I've got to figure this out. I've got to. Oh, that, I mean, look, this is what we're seeing. Uh, I, my RG app, let's see if, I, it's, if it's going to ding me any second. Ben Simmons now. is out. All right. Is it, is it TJ McConnell time? Fire up TJ McConnell? Is it cheaping? There it is. I mean, I, yep. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess McConnell's in play now. Yeah, 32. Yeah. Now there's like, depending on the Conley news, there's a whole lot. If if Conley's out, there's a whole lot of cheapies on the slate here that you can end up playing here. It's complete stars and scrubs slate with a lot of the value being at guard. I think that's a decent idea to go with Embiid and with Boos. Um, from how this affects the Philly side, it's going to give a bump, bump to Butler. It's going to give a bump to Harris. It's going to give a bump to Reddick. It's going to give a huge bump to McConnell. And it's going to give a bump to Embiid. How much? I don't know if it's a huge amount. I mean, Orlando's been very good on the defensive end as of late, but they should all get a decent usage up back here. Um, now they're pretty much all in play. None of them stand out as the best plays on the slate, but they're all very much in play. And McConnell is one of the top cheapies on the slate. All right. I was hoping you'd talk for like 12 more seconds. I'm buying some time. I'm trying to, I fired up, you know, the Roto Grinders court IQ. I'm going to kick Ben Simmons off the court and I'm going to see what I get as far as how that changes things when it comes to usage, when it comes to fantasy points per minute. I'm still saying words. I'm still buying minutes. We're firing it up. Uh, let's see. As far as the usage change, and B gets a bump as far as 3.6%. Uh, slight bump for Reddick. Not, nothing really too sexy here as far as. Uh, as far okay, so per 36 minutes, and B gets a 3.5. Yeah, it's, it's nothing spectacular, which is interesting. Yeah, uh, okay, but I mean the minutes, uh, the minutes will climb for McConnell, so he's just going to be out there for a longer period of time. I imagine he will draw the start. Is that a fair assumption? I mean, yeah, I think it's a fairly fair assumption here. I I don't see why they wouldn't start him here. I'm going to check something really quick. Um, just McConnell to... averages. Uh, let's see how many fantasy points a minute if he takes Simmons off the court. Let's see. About uh, close to one. Say it again. 
I said close to one, I think. Yeah, just uh, yeah, just, just under 1.94. And, you know, again, if he plays 28 to 30 minutes or so, uh, which I think seems perfectly reasonable. Now, of course, uh, the Magic have been one of the best defensive teams in the league the entire season. Last 15 games, in fact, eight-game slate, uh, eight-team slate, four-game slate, uh, Utah, Orlando, and Brooklyn, uh, one, two, and three as far as the best teams when it comes to defensive rating. Uh, so it's, you know, again, there's not a lot of plays that kind of jump off the page uh, today as far as like, well, that's a great matchup, but this is a can't-miss spot. Uh, I don't really want to pick on Orlando. I don't really want to pick on Utah. Uh, and again, it's, it's a four-game slate, so you got to fill out the roster. You're not necessarily going to love your lineup, but I will say T.J. McConnell, or that my first thought is like, I don't know how I don't play him because he seems like uh, an auto, an auto play for sure. Uh, of course, in tournaments, you can do whatever, but I have that cash game brain, Grant. So what were you trying to find? Did you pull up whatever you're looking for? Yeah, I was trying to th- see how things are affected when, or what the sample size with um, Embiid on the court, because I think there was one or two games that Simmons missed. I was trying to figure out how Harris's usage is kind of affected based with Embiid being on and uh, what's his name being off, Simmons being off. But I don't think they actually did miss a game during that time period. So there's only a 10-minute sample size on it. So what I was trying to look up was entirely worthless. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. You're wasting time is what you're saying. We have an entire four-game slate. We have no time to waste time here, Grant. Yeah, yeah, we've only got – 20 more minutes per game, pretty much. <laughs> By the way, I'm just checking the price. I, didn't, I mean, I didn't look at McConnell's price earlier today because he's not something I really considered. 3.2K uh, on DK. That is basically still mim. Uh, and as far as fantasy draft, kind of pulling that up, I imagine it kind of mirrors it to some extent. McConnell is 6'1", $100 above the floor. Hey, man, uh, I just don't think I'm not going to play him. Like, I'll just take it. Give me the chalk. Uh, rest of the pieces as far as Orlando, Fournier, Isaac, Gordon, DJ Augustine again, uh, and T. Ross is a six man off the bench. Again, Orlando has got plenty of incentive. Uh, the rotations are fairly tight. Uh, MCW revenge game. Are, are you old enough to remember who played MCW back when he would like triple double? First game ever of all time uh, in the NBA, he tripled up against Miami. That was like seven, six years ago. I don't know, six years ago, whatever it was. How do you was, think I am? You don't remember this? No, I know. How young do you think I am that I wouldn't remember this? Well, I don't know. I mean, like, I've been, like, young. I mean, you get the beard. Obviously, I know you're higher. You're older than, like, seven. But uh, you got to be at least, what, 18 to play. So, but I'm just saying as far as in the DFS world, have you, you've been around since the, basically the beginning? Um, I think it was a few years after. So it was probably 2013 when I started. So might have been might have been slightly after. The, it was. I, I never really played on Draft Street. Let's just put it that way. Oh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Carmelo was a lot of fun because it, you would get docked for missed shots and missed free throws. So that was always a fun ride for like guys like DeAndre Jordan. But uh, what about the, the Magic tonight? What are your thoughts here? I mean, no one really stands out as a great play here. Um, it's basically like this isn't a fantastic matchup. It's not really a huge uh, total here. It is projected to be close. So more of my interest in this is as a little bit of a stacking scenario here, especially the fact that we now have McConnell in here. Um, just gives more credence to the fact that you can stack this up with an extra value play in there. Gordon is a decent play. Augustine's a decent play. Ross is probably my favorite tournament play outside of Voos on this team. And Fournier obviously put up a big night, but I think more people flock to that. So I think that Ross is the better actual play of these guys. But all of them are very much in play here. I think you can go with any one of them. You can mix them around. You should probably be cognizant. You probably shouldn't play Ross and Fournier in the same lineup. Um, but 
Like any one of these guys are very much in play here. Um, the problem is none of them stand out as great standalone plays. So it's mostly hoping this stays competitive. This goes at a, a slightly higher pace than is anticipated and is a little bit more back and forth and maybe even possibly gets into overtime. You don't really want to root for overtime. Um, it makes more sense on a four-game slate because you don't stack the overtime game on a four-game slate. You're automatically losing. It's pretty much that simple. Um, so all of them stand out as above-average plays for this slate, but none of them stand out as great plays. Yeah, that's kind of sort of where I'm at too. Um, except, you know, again, McConnell, I think makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I mean, you could, yeah, you could play basically anybody else. You can have a little bit of a mini game stack. I'm okay with all that. Uh, and again, as far as the total, it's 219. We're talking about all the rest of the totals. None of these totals today are particularly appealing. Good defensive teams. Uh, the pace isn't particularly crazy. Okay, he's a fast pace. We're playing against Memphis. We'll talk about it in a second. Of course, it should slow them down to some degree. Uh, OKC and Memphis. Shall we move on? We're done with as far as up here, Orlando. Yeah, stack the game up. Otherwise, you don't really need to play anyone outside of McConnell. Yeah, that's kind of sort of where I'm at, too. You might have, like, a lot of filler or something like that, but nothing you're really seeking out. But, like, as a last man in, like you, know, like you said, I'm okay with Ross. I'm okay with, like, uh, you know, a, a Fournier. If he kind of makes everything else work, whatever, sure, I suppose. OKC, Memphis, 216 and a half is the total. OKC, six-point favorite here versus Memphis. And we have some studs here, Westbrook. Uh, Paul George, how, how are we prioritizing these studs? Um, I mean, Paul George is probably my preferred out of the two, but that's just because Lillard, I think, is a better play than Westbrook. But Westbrook's right up there with everyone else. This isn't the best matchup in the world if Conley's in, but if Conley's out, then Westbrook probably gets a nod above George just because, I mean, it may not stay close, but Westbrook versus whoever is – DeLon Wright is not going to be fantastic day for DeLon Wright there. So Westbrook and Paul George are two of the top plays on the entire slate. I think it makes a decent idea to pivot off of them, though, because they are tough matchups, but this could get ugly decently quick if Conley is not playing. So it just kind of, like, these guys are very good plays, but they're probably going to be heavily owned. It's a four-game slate. There's merit to fading them. And guys like Lillard is probably going to be close to – is highly owned, but not quite. It's a good play. Pivoting off to a guy like Mitchell or a guy like Gobert in a potential play out was on a four-game slate is a good idea. Um, paying down slightly less for D'Angelo Russell is not a terrible idea. I imagine that with Conley in there, it gives people more ability to pay up for Westbrook, to pay up for George, because you can go extreme stars and scrubs here. And after throwing in – I'm trying to think. After throwing in Nurk and Valanchunas – into your center and utility spot over on DK. You got two, three guards here. Conley throwing out one. Um, let's see, Dorsey and the other. Yeah, people are still, people probably won't be able to play both Lillard and, or our Lillard and, and Westbrook in the same lineup here. Um, but I imagine they'd probably end up going with Westbrook more than Lillard just because of McConnell news. Sorry, I'm trying to go through all yeah, the Yeah, that's where I was. That, I'm thinking the same way on the fly. Like, I was thinking, like, I'll save the salary on Lillard because, again, I don't feel great about a lot of punts in this league. So, I, money, I have to be very <clears throat> particular about it as far as where I'm delegating it. But if you all of a sudden get McConnell open things up in the world now, I'm curious how much Westbrook I'll land with because, of course, Lillard we'll talk about soon enough. But with uh, McConnell being – McConnell – with uh, McCollum being out, he gets all the usage in the world there against Brooklyn and him and – you know, the combination of, of Lillard and Nurkic, just, they feel like the two of them together should absolutely smash. They have uh, one of the highest team totals on the board, I believe. It. Yeah, 114, uh, creeping up on 115. And as a pairing, 
uh, they feel super, super safe against a Brooklyn team that is not, uh, you know, not a team I'm necessarily running away from, away from, although they've been good defensively on the whole, but uh, also they play, you know, pretty reasonable pace too. Um, back to the OKC game. How about Paul George? Who, uh, who covers Paul George on Memphis? Because I was looking at this and I'm like, I don't know who could, like Chandler Parsons, that's not going to work out. Holiday, uh, Bruno, it's, you know, I, I feel like Paul George is, what, is well positioned. But again, uh, my thought coming to the show is like, I don't know if I have the funds for Paul George. Uh, I mean, you do now. You definitely do now. With more of the, uh, if Conley's ruled out, Paul George is going to be very highly owned because you throw in, um, if you're not playing Westbrook, you end up throwing in right or you end up throwing McConnell. You end up throwing in Dorsey, like two of those three guys, and it's easier to play. Like just because the way that things middled out, you end up throwing in Valanciunas and Nurk is probably going to be close to the chalk build there. You're going to have more forward positions than you are going to have guard positions, and just the way everything works out, you end up with probably and even throwing Justin Holiday in there, which I guess you can throw in the small forward positions to the guard positions. He's like, my least favorite, by the way, amongst those three, right? Uh, let, let's kick Conley off the court. We don't know right now he's currently questionable, but let's theoretically let's kick Conley out off the off the game. Uh, you got to pick one of Wright or just kind of Wright, Wright, Dorsey, and Holiday. For me, Holiday's third. Yeah, yeah, it's probably Dorsey, then Wright, then Holiday. But Dorsey and Wright, I mean Wright and Holiday are not that far apart. I don't think. Uh, any interest in like a dart like Bruno or so or something like that or Chandler Parsons who's been okay uh, he's still Chandler Parsons but you know he's been fine for the most part it's, it makes a little scheme clicking that button obviously because he's been hurt for so much for so long but he's finally starting to get some run in there and uh, not particularly great against Minnesota but he had, he had a nice little run there for three games where he was confident eh? well I mean Minnesota was a blowout there's no reason to throw a guy that probably doesn't isn't well suited to play a whole bunch of minutes. Why throw him in in the middle of a blowout or a bit of a blowout there? Um, but like, I, I think that Parsons is fine. He's another cheap way to kind of differentiate yourself. If you want to play, pay, pay up for multiple high end guards, um, do a Lillard and Westbrook lineup. I don't mind taking a shot on Parsons and I don't mind Rab. I mean, with Noah, he's doubtful, but he's not, probably not going to play. They don't seem to want to give him any run though. I, I don't understand why. I mean, they don't. <clears throat> they don't want to, but I'm not going to be surprised if they do end up. I mean, if Valentinus gets into foul trouble, they kind of have to throw him in there, or you would think that they have to throw him in there. It's a long shot, and I wouldn't end up taking it on a six or an eight game play or a slate, but on a four game slate, it makes a lot of sense to throw on Ravi. He has some potential high upside here. So, I mean, I don't see why you don't take a shot on him. He's, they're not playing him. Like, he's just not getting minutes. Under any scenario, he's not getting minutes. 16, 12, 13, last three games. And they've been super thin. Um, I, I don't – I mean, we've seen him earlier in the year have big games. Uh, I just – I don't know why they don't want to play him. Uh, I just – I don't feel confident about it. I will say, like, I'm, I'm probably most apt to play him on Fandle, like, as a punt play or a, a late swap or something like that if I hear he's drawing the start for whatever reason. Otherwise, I can't do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess FanDuel is probably better. But, I mean, this is mostly for big field tournaments. It's a four-game slate. Rab has the potential to have a big outing. A lot of the other – and it just changes up your lineup build a lot. Who, what other power forward here is going to score – has the potential for, let's say, 30-plus 
which Rab, if they if Valanciunas gets into foul trouble and he ends up playing 25 plus minutes, he has a possibility. And it's a four game slate, so just having a possibility makes it worth it in big enough field tournaments. What other forward around that price range is going to end up doing something? I guess, I mean Carroll, but like I, yeah. I just yeah. Carroll could bust. A lot more people are going to be on Carroll at about 500 more. You just differentiate your roster construction so much by going with him instead of a top-priced uh, or low-priced guard because the guards are going to be so darn jockey tonight. Well, we, we buried the lead in this game. We kind of mentioned him uh, you know, in, in passing a couple of times with Jonas Valanciunas uh, absolutely smashing for, uh, for Memphis, which is predictable because he's always been a great fantasy player, player and they're finally giving him some run, right? So uh, even if he plays like 28, 29, 30 minutes, I think he can still pay up his salary because he's getting over 1.4 uh, fantasy points per minute. And I know people don't like to <clears throat> pick on Steven Adams per se, like he's a tough matchup. But if you fire up the old NBA defense uh, architect matchup tool here at RG, it's what, the 26th uh, most, uh, least appealing? Uh, okay, I, I got the math right away. It's like the fifth or sixth best matchup for post picks. Valanciunas. Uh, and again, the usage is, off, is just ridiculous. Uh, and he could play up to 35 minutes in theory. We talked about this pre show. As far as Conley, the last time he, re- he rested with general soreness, we don't know if Memphis is motivated to win. If they're not motivated to win, there's reasons why they should probably want to win because we talked about this as far as their draft pick. This year, it's top eight protected. Next year, it's top six protected. The next year, it's not protected at all. So in theory, if they keep losing, uh, eventually it might give up like the third overall pick three years from now. Uh, so it's hard to say. Like maybe It's their best interest to get like the ninth pick this year and lose it. But that's you can't just say you're doing that. Yeah, potentially, but um we actually look something up because they could be planning on winning next year. You know, it's possible. Well, how? <laughs> I'm wondering how much of their salary cap they dumped with the Gasol, how much they have under contract. I know Conley's got a big contract last year. And yeah, since we're on a um whatever it's called. Well, nobody's going to sign a big con- – no big name's going to sign in Memphis unless there's, like, all the other places are taken up. Unfortunately, that's just how it goes. I mean, they got Triple J, J one of the best 19-year-olds in the league. But he's not going to be 19 next year. He's going to be 20 next year, though. No longer a team. I mean, yeah, so he's off your list, but no one else really cares about that. He'll be on my list still. Yeah. Uh, okay, and Memphis has 119 in active cap next year. Yeah, so they're going to be terrible. Uh, <laughs> it's just that simple. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it does make sense for them to win. If Conley ends up playing, um, I still think you go Valentinus. If Conley doesn't end up playing, then I'm still going to probably end up going with 100% Valentinus. It's just the ceiling's too high. The floor outside of a potential injury or some serious foul trouble, um, Valentinus is going to end up crushing value enough where it doesn't kill you and there's too much upside to really bait him here. So Valentinus is pretty much a lock and load today. The only merit to not going with Valentinus is if you are stacking up the Orlando, um, the Orlando, either the Orlando game or the Phoenix game, in which case you can use Aiden and Gobert if you really want to. That That's pretty much the only reason not to use J-Bell. That's it. The other part, by the way, like even if Memphis wants to win, and I think they should try, they should be trying to win. Uh, OKC wants to win too, and OKC is a better team. So uh, they might want to win, but they still can't win because OKC is jockeying, you know, they're, they're jockeying for position in the West. Uh, it's so, so tight as far as, you know, the four spot to the eight spot, even all the way up to the, the Houston at the three spot as far as wins. OKC's got 43 wins. The four team's got 45. 
Uh, Clippers got 44. It's jam-packed. OKC, a couple of games ago, was in the eighth spot. The West has already been decided as far as who the teams are, but they're all kind of jockeying for position of a potential home court. Um, other options in this game that, that, that are worth talking about, as far as OKC, it's usually just about the two studs, obviously. I suppose you can sprinkle in some Adams, but this just doesn't I mean like he's cheap enough where you can consider him, but not a sexy pick necessarily. Uh, anybody else in this game that we should talk about? It's worth talking about. Adams, Demolition Man, Schroeder. Um, yeah, that's that's basically it, right? Adams is fine on fantasy drafts. That's that's pretty much it. I mean, it's George and it's Westbrook you want to use on DK or on FanDuel, but Adams is fine over on fantasy draft. He's cheap. He shouldn't be heavily owned. You play a bunch of centers, and so it's fine. Um, but to your point of OKC is good and Memphis is bad. Yeah. OKC isn't that great on like they're just slightly above average on the road. And Memphis is, let's just put it this way. Memphis has pretty much the same record at home as OKC does on the road. This isn't a guaranteed blowout, even if Conley's out. They could potentially keep the game moderately close here. So it, it's... Well, yeah, they played tight against Orlando a couple of games ago. I'm not saying that that's going to happen necessarily. I'm just saying like, even if Memphis wants to win, you can't just like say, well, we're going to win this game and just win it. Like it doesn't work that way because... Oklahoma's trying to. Yeah, but I mean, in your point, every team but Memphis, if they're not named Golden State, they should be trying to lose. <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. And that's not, you're, you're paraphrasing me incorrectly. I'm talking, I talk about the fringe. No, team. no, that's that's 100% the right par- par- paraphrase. It's not, that, that's not correct, unfortunately. <laughs> we should move on, I suppose, to Phoenix and Utah. And again, if you guys have questions in chat, we'll knock them out as we go along. If you're on the old YouTube, feel free to ask some questions on YouTube. Uh, Dev and our producer will copy and paste them, throw in here on the RG, RG chat. And, and we're going to have time. We still have like almost a half hour. We got two games. Grant, get ready for some questions. Are you prepared? Yeah, I'm just, guys, just tell me how to break into Augusta, but legally. <laughs> I know a guy. If you, if you want to slide in the DMs, I know a guy. So I'll, I'll hook you up. I don't know if that's true. I don't trust the guy. Did you meet him outside, out back at the Costco? Costco, yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> if so, he's probably pretty trustworthy. He, well, I, he's the guy behind the guy. It's a whole thing. It's like a swinger situation. Wait, but... how many people are you hanging out with behind Costco at once? It's, it's you know, it was, it was a bad week. We had to find a way to make up for it. Any way possible. Uh, <laughs> Phoenix, Utah, I'm not proud of myself. The Phoenix and Utah, two sixteen and a half. It's a total. Utah is a, a 15 point favorite, 16 point favorite, depending on where you're looking. Uh, Utah, in theory, should absolutely wallop Phoenix. Um, yeah. So, what do you want to do with the Suns? The, I, did you play over the weekend? I didn't. I played very little yesterday. I did not play Saturday. So I did not partake in the Jimmy, the Jimmer Fredette game, which didn't go very well. I know where he lives. Jimmer Fredette. Yeah. Why are you stalking Jimmer Fredette? I'm not. He lives on a golf course I golf at fairly often, and I see him out walking his dog. Well, wasn't he in China for years? Yeah, but during the off season, this was more, unless he's moved in the last year and a half. <laughs> I don't know where, well, he's moved to Phoenix, right? I mean, that's where he is during this, during the season, but he has a second house, one of the four places that I live at sometimes. One of the four places you live at. No wonder why you never check your mail. You don't know. You don't have a permanent address. That's that, that's cool. Yeah. Why would I? I mean, I could get a PO box, but those are for dummies. Are they? Are they for suckers? I don't know. Suckers? I think they're more for criminals. That's what I thought. Yeah, I don't have one, but that, that criminals are technically businesses that need to establish a concrete address, mostly over in Delaware or over in the Cayman Islands. 
I was specific. PO boxes are created. For I was an international tax account. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that does make sense. Yeah. Uh, all right. As far as the Suns, they are sputtering here to the finish line. Obviously, nothing to play for. Uh, a lot of body parts are missing. Jackson's out once again. Tyler Johnson is still out once again. You know, Warren's been out for a while. Um, like Dragon Bender, presumably, is going to draw the start. I don't really want to play Dragon Bender, but he, maybe he plays 20 to 30 minutes. I suppose he can kind of eke his way there, but that's a value play that has a very low floor. Um, same thing, Mikhail Bridges, in theory, can play up to 40 minutes as well. He's a terrible fantasy player player now as well. Uh, Devin Booker, I think if you're playing Booker, you kind of have to run it back. Do not play Booker a la carte, right? If you're playing Devin Booker, you got to run it back with at least one guy in Utah, maybe two. Correct? I mean, not exactly. If you play Devin Booker, you're assuming a close game, right? Yeah, well, that, that is the hope, yeah, that this game is... Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Utah did well. Phoenix, Booker could just get super hot shooting, and Utah could just somehow crop the bed away. And we've seen Phoenix randomly just throttle teams. Like, I guess that was mostly just the Lakers. But, <laughs> yeah, I guess it's been a long weekend. Um, like, I, it, that could just mean that it's a poor shooting night for Utah. That's pretty much it. J- Booker could end up with a full complement of minutes just because Utah shot the ball very poorly. So it's not a requirement. It's something a lot of people are going to do on a four-game slate. So there is merit in just playing Booker on his own on a four-game slate because most people who play Booker are running it back with Gobert, are running it back with Mitchell, or are running it back with both. So you can play Booker on his own. It's not the worst idea in the world. What about his teammates? Uh, I threw out some names there. I don't feel good about any of them. Uh, like Bridges, again, should play a pile of minutes in theory. Melton, who knows how many minutes he's going to play. He's probably not going to play him well either, but he's, he's fairly cheap. Um, if you want to play the blood angle, I suppose you can get yourself some Rashawn Holmes, but that's ambitious. Uh, you know, there's a dude in the team named Spalding, which is awesome. Like, that's just great. Uh, it's like Homer Bailey playing baseball. Uh, of course, he's a pitcher. Uh, yeah, but the, nobody really jumps out. And Jamal Crawford, you don't know if he's going to play. He plays some games. He doesn't play some other games. Is there anything to the merits of Jimmer playing back in Utah? He played at BYU. You want to create a narrative? Maybe they give him some run for fun because what else are you going to – you're down by 20. What's, what's the point? Why not? I'm just going to make something up here. Yeah. No, I mean, I could potentially see Jimmer randomly getting some run. I mean, it's basketball. It's not like other sports where you really have to know that much in order to get in a game during a blowout here. Um so I could see Jimmer getting some run here. He's only 3,300. There's a, the problem is that there's a lot of guards that are super cheap. Whereas what's the odds that Jimmer ends up outscoring both Dorsey and McConnell? Like it, 5%? Or, 2%? Huh? Yeah, it, it's not likely. Big field tournaments, go ahead, take a shot on him. I will play one lineup with him in him probably just so I can root for him. And again, it's probably over on Fantasy Draft where I'm just going to pay up at all, I'm just going to get five centers that include Embiid and Boost in it. Just play three super cheap guards and go high price centers. Um, but yeah, Jimmer is like chances of him beating, like before McConnell news, yeah, it made an interesting pivot. Now with the McConnell news, doesn't make an interesting pivot. And understand the floor is terrible. He played four minutes his first game. Like he may play four minutes again, he may play 20. I don't know. Of course, he's a shooter, and in theory, like, he can hit, like, you know, three or four or five threes in 20 minutes and kind of get, get there that way. 
We got Mangone barking in the chat saying, saying that I, I steal uh, other host material. I don't know what he's talking about. He's accusing oh, me. Oh, I do. You steal other host material. No, uh, that, that's not true. But, uh, but this, this kind of popped in my head. I was watching this the other day. Uh, random trivia question for you. And this is something that I saw personally. Uh, who is the NBA player who has scored the most uh, actual real-life points without ever basically making an all-star game? Who is it? Trying to think. Still active. Still active? Yeah. Lou's made it, right? Uh, the answer is not Lou. He's playing tonight, in theory. Oh, gosh. I don't know. He's on the slate. He's a guy you know, who's scored a lot of points in the NBA. He's never made an all-star game. No? We just mentioned his name a few minutes ago. Not uh, my memory ain't good. Jamal Crawford. He's played for like 20 years or something, give or take. Nonetheless. <laughs> uh, some names being thrown out in the chat. Some guesses. Palmy Brown. Palmy Brown didn't quite. He definitely did not win an all-star game, but he definitely did not uh, uh, score. I, I mean, if we include uh, scoring in the Chinese league, I think Jimmer's up there. Oh, yeah. He crushed over there. He was. I think he was a Shanghai Shark, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, all right. Uh, other names that uh, are interesting to some degree, I suppose. Well, okay, how about Utah, like, Favors? Like, Favors can smash in theory. Favors plays, like, 25 minutes or so. Of course, Favors generally does not close. Um, you know, usually they would close the guy like Crowder if they need to. Uh, Utah also, like, kind of similar to Houston, that they tend to play their starters a little bit deeper in games and blowouts. So I wouldn't say you can't play these guys. Rubio is cheap, and the matchup's good, and you're probably not going to get more than 30 minutes. But in theory, I think you can get there in 25 or so, give or take. What about the rest of the Jazz? Anybody else popping for you as far as Utah? They're all kind of like, you know, market price, the price what they should be. Matchup's fine. Uh, I don't know how much they'll need them. But again, they do. They tend to stay out a little bit longer than everybody else uh, in comparison to the league as far as blowouts. Mitchell? Yeah, I, I think the most likely one is Gobert. Um, if you want, if it, you think it's going to stay close and you bring it back with Booker, I don't mind throwing Rubio, Favors, or Mitchell in there, but. The only guy that would really consider playing on his own, which is strictly limited to fantasy draft, is Gobert. Um, and that's just because I'll have four centers, five centers in my lineup there. None of them really – like, there's a good matchup, but the chances of a blowout are too likely here. So, Booker, I'll take on a non-blowout or in a blowout. These guys, I don't want any of them if they're not getting any run in the fourth quarter here. It's just not worth it to me. Favors is the, really the only one you can make that much of a case for. Uh, just because he can get it done in a blowout somehow. So, yeah, it's just that simple. Like, you you probably should stay away from Utah. There are too many good plays on this slate, and there's no need to go with Mitchell. I'd rather go with D'Angelo. I'd rather go with Lillard. I'd rather go with several other guys. Um, and we didn't mention during the Memphis game, if Conley is playing, then I don't oh, mind yeah. playing Conley. Yeah, I guess that goes without saying, but we didn't really say that. But, yeah, for sure, he's absolutely playable. And, what he does play, like we've seen him play a ton of minutes. Uh, so he's absolutely in play. Uh, and I think he'll probably go, I don't want to say ignored, because it's the four-game slate. It's hard to hide. But uh, less so than he probably should be for those I reasons. mean, he'll probably, like, with all the value now, I guess if Conley plays, and I kind of get rid of some of the value there at the guard spot. But with McConnell, I think that a lot more people are going to be paying up instead for Lillard or Westbrook. Well, you say with all the value now, I think all the value is just McConnell, unless I'm missing something. Like, he's that's the only guy that pops to me as a value play, unless Connolly sits. I mean, yeah, I guess the guard position. Uh, but 
There's still Carol on here. There's there's still a few other guys. But a lot of it's relying on Conley sitting now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Shall we move on and talk about the hammer that is Brooklyn and Portland? Yeah. Are we going to get to questions afterwards? Yeah. We have, we got 20 minutes left of the show, a little less than 20 minutes left of the show. Hopefully there's some uh, questions being compiled now by Devin as we speak. Uh, if you're on YouTube, feel free to fire them out there. We'll do our best to knock those out. And hey, if you're here at rotorgrinders.com, ask those, uh, you know, we'll answer those questions as well. Oh, there you go. Devin is right there. He's compiling as we speak, right on cue. Thank you, Devin. Uh, Brooklyn, Portland, 223 is the total. Portland is a six-point favorite here. Uh, again, you, you fire up the, uh, the the RG court IQ. You take McCollum off the court. You see the, the usage, the fancy points when it's just popping for Lillard. Lillard's another guy. He's, he tends to stay out there longer than more studs do. Uh, love Lillard tonight. And he was the guy coming to the slate, you know, before the McConnell news, all of a sudden that kind of shuffles up your lineup construction. I was uh, on him before I was on Westbrook. Now what do we do as far as, uh, let's talk about Portland first. Lillard's still a great play, yes? Yeah, yeah, Lillard's still a great play. I mean, with the McConnell news, it just makes it easier to play Lillard, right? Um, well, I mean, I was already there as is, but like maybe it, get, it gets you like an extra like half a stud or like a, a mid-tier guy. It's all about line of construction, obviously, depends on your shopping. But uh, and you know, again, if you're playing on Fanduel, you, you can only play one center, and that really dictates your entire lineup. Like yeah. what center, what center you're going with, and it's a tough call. There's not like a this is the definitive answer. This is the best player, center to, to play. Um, there's really good routes, and you can make arguments for multiple routes, uh, which would also lead us to Nurkic. How much do you like Nurkic against Brooklyn? Who, you know, uh, I'm not sure you've heard this before, right? Brooklyn, uh, generally, they're pretty terrible against centers. Have you heard this? Yeah, yeah, no, it's, I have, I have pretty much two rules with centers. They're facing Brooklyn or they're facing Washington. I'm just, I, I don't care which center it is, I'm playing them. Are you playing a canter by chance as like a potential blowout option? He's, yep. he's, he's a guy I thought was playable before McConnell and still is you know, potential blowout. He's a guy that can pay off a salary in 20 minutes. So uh, he's still in, in the conversation. Uh, I mean, out of all the 4K guys, he probably has just as much upside as the other ones. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Yeah, uh, no, I'm absolutely playing. Like, if you're not playing Nurk, I think Cantor is a great value play to go with. I mean, 20 minutes, he can crush. If Nurk gets into some foul trouble, then he can absolutely destroy everything going up against an absolutely horrible Brooklyn team here so Cantor is completely in play here and um, the, the argument against Cantor though is opportunity cost you know depending on where you're shopping because those center spots are valuable on DK yeah but I mean I think a decent like just a 2v2 pivot is swapping Cantor or Nurik and someone for Cantor and someone you can just do a simple 2v2 swap have a drastically different line of construction because even with the Cardinal news, it's not going to affect Nurk's huge ownership, I'm assuming. I'm assuming he's going to be very highly owned. I'll double check here and, and see what Chimino has him at, but I assume, yeah. Nurk's almost going to be as high owned as Valentunas. The chalk build is mm-hmm. Nurk and Valentunas here. Correct. So, fading one of them, um, which I think that the more volatile one is going to be Nurk, which his volatility is very much linked to Cantor, who has the best matchup on the board here if he gets the minutes and is cheap and is probably going to be one of the lowest owned cheap guys. It's only a four game slate. Uh, generally speaking, I like to just kind of cross off like if it's a seven or eight game or nine game slate. I, I don't want to deal with Harkless. I don't want to deal with Aminu, <clears throat> like Layman. 
you know, Curry has been getting more minutes with the, you know, the absence of a, of a column hood as well, I guess, in play. But I guess we should at least have a conversation as far as these guys. Uh, who's the most appealing? Is that a trick question? Who's the most appealing of that bunch? You know, Harkless, Aminu, Curry. Harkless. Uh, Harkless for you? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I think, I think it's – Aminu is, and Harkless are kind of like – a coin toss for me. Why is it hard over? over I just hate playing. I, I think this is just a bias I have, but I mean, Harkless over the last what 15 games has been doing fairly well in that strand. Yeah, he had a few duds in there, and some of them were switch situational. But Harkless to me is the guy that I always end up playing. And he, I mean, Amino did have 34 points in the last one, but I just rarely see the upside in comparison to where I see with Harkless. You mentioned earlier in the show, uh, Damari Carroll. Damari Carroll drew the start last time out. He bumped off uh, Harris LeVert, who went to the bench. LeVert, um, you know, he's one of their most talented players, but he's been in a funk. He's been in bad form. He got kicked to the bench. And I think Carroll played, what, 35 minutes or so. But Brooklyn, not the most consistent when it comes to the rotations, not the most predictable. Uh, I could see him playing 35 minutes again, but I also can see him jumping back and playing 27 uh, Jingle and Joe, you know, that, that, that's different Jingle and Joe. This is just Joe Harris. What do we call this, Joe? I'm not really sure. But Joe Harris on Brooklyn is t- tends to be the constant. He'll play around 30 minutes for every single game. Uh, just does not feel like a Jared Allen game to me. Kuroks, as a punt, I guess. Uh, I think he's talented, but he's like not fully developed just yet. Who knows how many minutes he'll grab. And D'Angelo Russell, if you're playing load, if you're playing Nurkic, have a little mini game stack with Russ. Yeah, well, even if you're not playing them, you can go with Russ. I mean... We saw how much he destroyed anyone who didn't play him the other night. Russ has all the upside in the world, and the Nets are running a little bit of a tire uh, rotation lately. So there's more upside with him. I think that Russ is one of the top plays on the slate here. He's a decent pivot off of uh, Lillard or Westbrook here. I don't think you need to play him in a game stack. I think you can play him on his own. Uh, Russell's always a guy that can absolutely destroy every single slate here. Dinwiddie's in play. Carroll and Joe Harris are both decent value options. Ed Davis, more so on fantasy draft. Uh, or I think he's seven, what is it? Seven, five, I think. Seven, four. Seven, four. Oh, that's close. Um, is a decent play, but mostly it's Russell here for me. Like Ru- Russell and Carroll are the two guys that I will play, end up playing in a bunch of lineups. Everyone else is more of kind of a game stack scenario. Yeah, so your favorite fringe play in Brooklyn, Portland is who? Is friend is Carol considered fringe? Yeah, he's a fringe. I guess he's a fringe play. He's your favorite. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Uh, gonna knock out some questions from Jack. Got about twelve minutes before you step aside and get out of here and make way for crunch time. Uh, Did anyone figure out a way for me to get into Augusta? No, I don't. People are there's priorities and people are not prioritizing that. Unfortunately, go on Twitter. Maybe somebody will help you out. Right? I like, did. I no one gave someone gave me a phone number to Amy. I don't know who Amy is, and I, I had a feeling he was just setting me up to get, like, maybe he knew the number to a, like, police department prostitution sting. Like, that's what I figured. Anytime um, I get a phone number on Twitter, it's generally... Was this the Jupiter, Florida uh, area code? Uh, it was not. Okay. Um, at least not that I know of. I'm not real good with area codes. Uh, Toby Harris or Aaron Gordon? Uh, yeah. Aaron Gordon, probably. Uh, what are the best cash game plays? Well, I think TJ McConnell is like one of the first players to put your cash McConnell, game. Nurk, Jay Bell, <clears throat> probably Carroll, Westbrook, George, and Lillard for the payups. Yeah. 
Yeah. Depending on the Conley news, like you have to learn to pivot things around a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Like if Conley doesn't play again, I don't know how much you need it depending on the lineup construction and all that, but <clears throat> if Conley doesn't go, Dorsey becomes pretty interesting. Wright becomes pretty interesting. Uh, I think Willard's a really strong cash game play as well. Uh, but yeah, McConnell's the first guy you throw in there. Uh, who do we think picks up the most usage with Simmons out? Tobias, Jimmy, or uh, JJ, Redick. We kind of fired up a court IQ and nothing really popped for me as far as my glance. Now, again, we were running the show, so I might have missed something. But I don't think there's – I mean, there's everybody gets just little bumps from what I can see. Nothing really jumps off the page. Yeah, no, I didn't really say anything. And I'll run it again right now just to double check because I did some some weird things here. Um, and I don't know if you ran it without um, the guys that were trading near the beginning of the season. Yeah, like I, I didn't kick Covington off the court. I was doing it on the fly, I'll be honest. Yeah, so Boban, which most of his stuff is on the second unit um, when it comes to playing without Simmons. Uh, Butler gets the biggest bump, it looks like. Harris is second. And then JJ doesn't actually get much, or he gets a bigger usage bump, but it gets about the same. But you're not playing Boban, obviously. I mean, you don't have the last time you played Boban, Grant. I don't, I don't, I don't want to bring up all the. He got into foul trouble in the first, and they decided he was on pace for over 20 minutes. And <laughs> you're I, not taking the L on that one. Are you serious? I mean, the results speak for themselves. I definitely sure. lost a lot of money that day, but. Yeah. Oh, man. I did get lucky, though. A lot of the contests filled before <clears> I could get in. I'm like, all right, I'm definitely sticking with my 100% Boban. Bone-in wings or boneless wings? Uh, bone-in. Yeah. By the way, have, mean, you, have you seen this uh, this show on the YouTube? You know, you know, you're always like two or three clicks away. You saw something weird on the old YouTube. If, by the way, if you're watching this on YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe. There you go. Uh, but there's like this show where the, the host like asks like celebrities questions and they eat yep. wings progressively get hotter and hotter yeah I, it's a lot of fun the host is very good i i, I thoroughly enjoyed that who, who was i watching uh shack uh, oh joel and bean was on it there you go we'll, we'll tie, tie in the slate and and bean like he's like i'm from africa I, I we eat this hot stuff all and he i think he went without milk without water it's pretty impressive i can't go on that show. not that i'm qualified to go on the show but in theory if i was ever asked i couldn't even eat the first one the first one's too hot for me why would you want to well, i don't ever trust you when it comes to any food advice ever. And Bobby saying Boban wasn't in foul trouble. I don't think that's the reason why they kept him out in the second half, but he did get two fouls within 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but watch that show. I can't re- I think it's called like First Beat Easters. No, First, I, whatever it is. Ones, there you go. D trains all over in our, in our ears. Yeah. Watch it too. It's a lot of fun. I thought, not that it needs my bump, but it's got like 6 million uh, subscribers or so. Uh, Fournier versus Dennis Schroeder. Uh, Fournier. Uh, is McConnell a lock button, yes or no? I mean, no, it's a four game slate. I mean, look, I, the way I play, I'm not playing enough lineups where I'm getting away from them in my head. Like, there's, I just can't see not playing. Is that a real sentence? I cannot see. I mean, you're not playing. really a big GPP guy. On a four game slate, like, look, look what happened. What was what with it? I can't remember what happened because I lost all my money on that Bobon night, but Kojo was the absolute lock button and it was a bigger slate and we saw what happened there at least well there was a natural okay so at least there was a more of a natural path of like okay evans can steal minutes from tell me who steals minutes away from mcconnell this game i mean they get blown out by the magic that's a potential path here um they just he has a bad game we've known mcconnell to have bad games before 
uh, even when he starts. It's not an absolute lock and load. He's not a huge point-per-minute guy. So, I mean, with all these other – and we don't have a huge sample size of Simmons on the floor. Like, look, oh, Tobias Harris is now on the team. How many times have we had of Simmons or – yeah, Ben Simmons. Out. I'm not saying he's going to get a ton of fantasy points per minute, but I just think he's going to be out there close to 30, unless you think that they're going to give Shake Milton some run. Like, you know, to me, I just think he gets a, a fair bit of minutes out there. But he's absolutely not a lock in GPPs. He stands out as a great play, but on a four game slate at high ownership, there is, it's definitely a decent idea in big field tournaments to fade him. Fair. Um, like, I'm not going to fade him in a six to 10 man. Uh, thing where it's a high pay. Uh, That's important, by the way. When people talk about GPP, like, you know, with, oh, G- and GPPs, what do you do? And like a 300 man contest GPP is also a GPP as opposed to like a 100,000 people registered. Like, I think, Grant, we don't do that enough. Other people don't, don't, don't do it enough as far as qualifying what kind of actual tournament it is because it, you don't necessarily have to be ridiculously ambitious when there's only like 500 people signed up for a tournament. Is that something that you, you understand what I'm saying, right? Yeah, no, I pl- I used to play on eight different sites with varying, varying sizes of GBPs on every single one, and I'd run one lineup out, and I'd get for GBPs, and I'd draft, based on how big of a slate it was, I'd end up playing 40 different players on different sites because they had different sizes of GBPs. I mean, also, there was different pricing, but you have to be cognizant of how much ownership's going to matter like, it, there's no reason to play a guy that's going to be 0.1% owned at a big field GBP if you're in a 10-man GBP, because then he's 10% owned. You're not getting a drastic ownership discount. Uh, can we roster Dorsey if Conley plays in tournaments? I don't want to. You can. I mean, anything can happen. Memphis has a reason to win, but they could end up, like, this is basketball. Anything can happen. They could just he could re- aggravate something or get out, but I, I don't think it's an optimal move to play him. Well, doesn't Dorsey, he's, he probably mops up anyway, I would imagine. Him and, like, Javon Carter or something like that. Again, a lot of it's depending upon Conley, but I, I think Dorsey's minutes are fairly safe if Conley's out, and he probably plays close to 30, basically, no matter what. Now, he's not great, though, at basketball. <laughs> but, you know, uh, opportunity is very important. Uh, Seth Curry or Dorsey? I mean, if Conley's out, Dorsey. If Conley's in, Curry. Yeah, we didn't really talk about Curry at all, but Curry's another guy that's in play. Yeah, he's been one of those guys that's, that's benefited as far as minutes with uh, McCullum being out. Uh, Nurk or Valanciunas on FanDuel? This is a tricky one because I don't think either are wrong. And, of course, there's Valanciunas as well. But as far as Nurk versus uh, – oh, that is Nurk versus Valanciunas. Uh, I didn't check out their salary differences over on FanDuel. Are they fairly close? Yeah, so Nurk is 8.4K and Valanciunas is 8.1K. So I'd rather I'd, I'd J-Val. Uh, let's see, Book and Embiid stack, uh, is that better dollar than Val and Nurkic stack? So uh, Dollar so- per dollar, no. Like, point per dollar, absolutely, it's not a better stack. But in tournaments, if you incorporate ownership, get the correlation, hope the game stays close, know that any number of other things can happen with guys that are way higher owner. In tournaments, I love the Embiid boost stack. It's a completely different way to differentiate your lineups. This is a gross twofer. Uh, Seth Curry and Parsons, or McConnell and Carroll. And I want the McConnell side. Give me the McConnell side. Um, All right, let's move on. Fournier, Ross, or Isaac, your favorite, like, random magic dude? I mean, for big field GPPs, Ross. For smaller field GPPs, um, Fournier, probably. Uh, Is is DJ Augustine a much better play without Simmons? I don't think so. I think he's fine, but 
No. I mean, it definitely gives them a little bit of an uptick. Uh, I'm just catching up to the chat now. They're all talking about the hot ones. It's the name of that show. It's a, lot, it's a good time. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of, definitely do I want to order Hooters after this? Chat, what do I want to get? I've never had a lobster roll before, and there's one near this. You're going to order a lobster roll and Hooters. No, not at Hooters, at a different place. But there is a Hooters like two blocks away. <laughs> oh, man. Rubio or DJ Augustine in tournaments? Uh, I, I think that's sort of based upon my answer is like depends what the rest of your lineup is. If you have, you know, Vuk, play, play a pair with Augustine. Uh, that, that's sort of my thought process. Well, what's your thought on that? Yeah, I mean, it's all about how many, if you have other players from the Utah game, then play Rubio. If you don't have any players from that game, then definitely play Augustine. Ross or Reddick? Ross. Man, Gillen wants to know where he's where should where should he go to dinner tonight? He's in like he's in New York, New Jersey. He's some pizza, right? I mean, yeah, I guess. Do you know Man uh, he was on a he was on a heater for a couple days there it was, and, and in his in his head, he was thinking the reason what triggered that heater is because he had 7-Eleven pizza that morning. This is a man again who lives in New York, New Jersey area, and he gets 7-Eleven pizza, and he kept going back there because he thought the reason why he was doing well is because he had 7-Eleven pizza. Is that, I is mean, that absurd? I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, so different foods can create different chemicals in your brain. And chances are the guy at the 7-Eleven was just putting drugs on top of the pizza. So he's actually getting high and getting different portions of his brain to activate, which goes, makes him go off the board. <laughs> uh, let's see, more questions. About, about one more, two more before we step aside and get out of here. We appreciate the interaction. Baseball coming up this week, by the way, we're going to have a lot of questions and answers. It'll be good times. We'll tell you guys. We'll tell you guys about the formula tomorrow, too. Uh, sure, why not? There's going to be a hashtag on Twitter. It's going to be a good time. Are you excited for baseball, Grant? I am excited for baseball. I'm, I'm going to be up in the RG office for baseball. We can go watch baseball together, Dean. All right, let's do it. Yeah, well, that's what friends do, though. And, like, so now it's now it's as awkward. I mean, you're the one that denied my friend. <laughs> I'm still working for it. I don't know if you're just, like, really good at making me work for a friendship. You can't just give it away, man. Uh, best two centers, uh, your best two tournament centers, best two scoring centers, tournament centers. Oh, uh, I mean, it would be the Voos and Bead stack, but if you're not doing that, Cantor is a great pivot. Gotta go, Grant. Uh, good luck getting your Augusta information. Feel free to slide in his DMs. Uh, again, stay tuned for crunch time. You got Andy, you got Roth. Give Andy the business about Duke, by the way. They got so lucky. Nonetheless, I'm not bitter or anything. Shout out UCF, whatever present. He's Grant. He's looking at his phone. He's not even paying attention anymore. I'm Dean. Thanks for watching. Enjoy your basketball tonight. We're out of here. Holler. Take it.